T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome into the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey. We will be highlighting the best time of the year, the bowl season, by taking the most detailed look you can find anywhere. I'm Zach Blackerby with the Locked On Podcast Network, and I will guide you through hearing detailed analysis from experts, from our friends at BetQL and Odyssey, as well as local hosts that cover these teams every single day. This week, we have delivered detailed looks at the Sugar Bowl, Rose, Fiesta, and Peach Bowls. Today, we're zooming in on the Cotton Bowl, the semifinal battle between Alabama and Cincinnati. For our first look at this game, let's go to Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins of Odyssey's The Daily Tip Podcast. Zach, thank you. In the Cotton Bowl, it is number one Alabama, minus 550 on the money line, taking on number four Cincinnati, plus 375 on the money line. The tide length 13 and a half points with the total set at 58. The hook, this line did open at 13 and a half, went up to 14 for a hot second, and then went back down to 13 and a half. Cincinnati, of course, the first G5 team to make the college football playoff. They've been a very high scoring team. But the over is six and seven in their games. You like a total? You like a side? What are you thinking, Chelsea? It's really hard for me not to pick Cincinnati and the points, I think. Just because it's a lot of points. When we're talking about a championship game, uh, a championship semifinal game, in which I feel like there's going to be some stuff, you know, left off the table. Like, I don't think that we're going to see a blowout in uh, the, the initial games just because I think they're going to be playing conservatively if they have a lead, talking about Alabama here. And we've seen it from Alabama. Their defense is certainly vulnerable. They've given up a lot of points to teams that aren't even that good. We saw it in the Iron Bowl where they gave up some points to Auburn, and they squeaked by with a win in that one, 24-22. But I just think that there are some holes in Alabama, and people see Alabama on paper, and they just think, oh, Alabama's unbeatable. Well, we know that's not true because they've lost games this year. Uh, but still, I think their defense is not quite as strong as it has been in the past. So if Cincinnati can uh, get something going on the offense, however, Cincinnati hasn't really been a super dynamic offense this year either. Like I've bet on them to cover big numbers against some of these bad teams, and they haven't been doing it. Well, this is the first time Cincinnati has been an underdog this season. And I'm like you, Chelsea, as a favorite, they were not great. But Alabama – wasn't gangbusters either against the number. They were only seven and six against the spread this year. Remember, they were 14 point favorites against Florida, 15 point favorites against Ole Miss. They went one and one against the number in those two games. They were taken to overtime by Auburn. So 
this is a team that that can be beaten. They lost to Texas A&M. Alabama, I believe, is clearly the best team in the country. However, this seems like too many points. And when you see all of the money flowing on the tide and that number is just sitting there at 13 and a half and not moving, that tells me Vegas really wants you to bet on the tide. So I'm on the Bearcats. Yeah, I think it's very fishy that this line has not moved because every square better and their mom is probably going to be on Alabama in this one. A trend that I have been following for most of the year is Alabama in the first half. They're the third most prolific offense in the first half, and usually they've been better at covering numbers in the first half than they have been the whole game. I will also say that if you're looking at futures, it is fascinating that Cincinnati opened the season as 150 to 1 to win the national championship. Currently, they're 14 to 1. I wonder if there's anyone out there with a Bearcats ticket. I don't think anyone ever expected them to get this far oh for sure uh we've seen it a couple years ago I was kind of a believer in the Cincinnati team I think it was 2019 and they played Ohio State and I was like you know what they're probably going to cover this number Uh, I think they lost by like 48 points so maybe we see something similar here but I don't think Alabama is quite as good as they've been in the past so I'm not sure if they can cover this big of a spread Yeah, let's hope it turns out a little bit better for Cincy this time around. For more, subscribe and follow The Daily Tip wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 in the East. It's all about QL, your home for wagertainment. Zach, we'll send it back to you. And now let's hear from Ken Barkley, the host of You Better, You Bet. Thanks, Zach. Kind of interesting game here between Cincinnati and Alabama. So current market, and really the market the entire week and the entire month leading up to the game, has been Bama by 13, 13 and a half, and the total has stayed almost exactly the same. It's about 58. Uh, there are a couple 57 and a halfs on the board right now. Uh, my analysis for the game is pretty straightforward. I do have a bet on this game, uh, and I made the bet earlier. I bet on the under, and I was actually expecting a little bit more movement in my direction. I'm a little surprised it hasn't moved a lot more. A couple things to consider here that are interesting. Uh, for Alabama, obviously the offense can be really dynamic. Uh, you know, playmakers, NFL players at, at basically every single position, Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner, like all of these things seem to, to you know, correlate to scoring. I think the really interesting thing is, you know, John Mechie, one of their best wide receivers, basically their best wide receiver, along with Jamison Williams, not going to play in the game. Uh, highly talented receivers are going to take his position, but you would imagine, you know, you dock Alabama a little bit for that, even with extra prep time. Uh, so, you know, I think Alabama's offense maybe a tick down. Obviously, they're still projected to score a lot in this game, but maybe that hurts them a little bit long term. I think the other interesting thing here is Nick Saban with extra prep time. And this is what scares you to death if you want Cincinnati in the game. Um, honestly, even if you want the over in the game, the idea that can Cincinnati score enough points to be competitive in the game, even forget win, be competitive. You look at a lot of Alabama's previous college football playoff semifinal opponents, college football playoff uh, championship opponents. The teams that have given Alabama problems had transcendent quarterbacks when Nick Saban had extra prep time to prepare for them. Didn't matter. The quarterback was so transcendent. He played very well anyway. We're, of course, talking about the two Clemson quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, and then Kyler Murray for Oklahoma. They were able to score a pretty good amount, even though Nick Saban had extra time to prepare for them. The other quarterbacks are not slouches that they played against in college football playoff semifinals. Jake Browning like played in the NFL. Like Jake Browning's on NFL rosters. Connor Cook on NFL rosters started a playoff game for an NFL team because of an injury. I mean, these were not terrible quarterbacks, but those teams were unable to do anything. I look at Cincinnati's offense and Desmond Ritter, even though it's productive, highly productive, that's how they got to the game. And I just say, which category, which bucket do I think they fit more in? The bucket that was unable to do anything against Saban when Saban had time to prepare? 
I think it's more likely it's that than that this is some insanely transcendent caliber of players and caliber of quarterback, really, uh, that can do a lot of damage to Alabama in this game. Desmond Ritter's a first-round grade quarterback. All of the projections have him being mocked in the first round, but... You know, to me, he's just not on that same level. And I look at a total like 58. My number projection in the game is actually in the low 50s. Uh, and I would be surprised if Nick Saban with extra prep time wasn't able to do, honestly, what he does in this spot basically every single time. I'm not really concerned about Alabama losing the game. It's always possible. Of course, anything is possible. But, you know, if I had to bet the side, I think I would bet Alabama under two touchdowns. Not really interested there, but am pretty interested in the total 58, 58 and a half, 57 and a half. All of these numbers would be bets on the under for me. Let's look at this game from an NFL Draft point of view. Here's Ryan Tracy, host of Locked On NFL Draft. The Cotton Bowl this year, Cincinnati against Alabama, is one that you can take a lot of players away from. Prospects for this draft class are all over this game, and it comes down to a couple of key matchups. First and foremost, the marquee at the very top is Jamison Williams against this pair of corners and Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner that I think all three should be viable there in the top 50 selections of the 2022 NFL draft. Who gets the best of whom? Jamison Williams has been a sensation coming on this season. Can he fill it out? Can he complete this season run exploiting those defenses deep? These guys on the defensive side for Cincinnati want to get their hands on and want to be able to try to track with him and have some safety help over the top. Can he still exploit that? We've seen him run through defenses, exploiting too high, exploiting cover three, exploiting a lot of different attempts to slow down the phenom that is Jameson Williams. This will be the marquee matchup of this day. Certainly when you have a couple of other matchups worth watching, as well as two other prospects that I think are both going to be among the top 50 in Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama, as well as Majai Sanders, the edge rusher from Cincinnati. One who I think there is the underdog in that matchup. Can Sanders rise up to the level of Neal and stake his claim? That will get him into the first round by a lot of estimations. He needs that kind of performance to solidify that. Neal, on the other hand, should be a top five pick at this rate. Can he just lock it down and solidify that leaving literally no questions asked if he's able to shut down Sanders. This is going to be just one of many. There are a lot of matchups at this game that are, are worth watching. And obviously the, the contention here is that the season for Cincinnati culminates in not just success for the program, but success for these draft prospects that need to shine on this particular game down at the Cotton Bowl. More of the ultimate college football playoff preview is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Let's turn our attention to our local experts. 
Alex Frank of Locked On Bearcats, and Luke Robinson of Locked On Bama. All right, let me, let me go ahead and ask you this right off the bat. Um, are, are Cincinnati fans, in regards to this playoff, are they relieved or are they feeling like, finally, we get an opportunity? Or are, are they okay with the fact that, like, hey, we, we, we had to maybe pay some dues to get into this, this field? Because, look, it, it's, I, I'm sort of on the fence on all this expansion stuff. I, I don't want it to be everybody getting in to – I don't want it to be the NCAA basketball tournament. I don't. Um, I want it to be kind of exclusive. But this year, I didn't think there was any way Cincinnati could be denied of getting in. I thought it was uh, – they did all they needed to do to get into the field of four. So I, I guess I just want to know what you guys are feeling. You know, Luke, I don't think it's relieved what we're feeling is. I think we're excited to be a part of this college football playoff. And you saw that at the end of the American Conference Championship game. When all the fans rushed the field and they started, even before that, in the final seconds of the game, everybody had their phones lit up and they're chanting CFP. And then they rushed the field. They, uh, We are the champions as playing. And you could see just how much this fan base has enjoyed this team in this season. But I think what you have to remember is this has been a process that goes back four years. This has been a four-year build for the Cincinnati Bearcats. I keep saying to people, man, at the end of the 2017 season, Luke Fickle's first season, the Bearcats struggled to beat the UConn Huskies on their own home field. They won that game by just one point. Nippert Stadium may have been half full. You fast forward four years later, you're selling out every home game. You're going on the road to play Indiana. You win that game, and you have a whole contingent of Bearcats fans there. Then you go to Notre Dame, and Bearcat Nation takes over the stadium. And that's Notre Dame we're talking about. This That's one of the most prestigious venues in all of college football. And so going back to 2018, just the gradual and progressional build of this program from being you know, a, a darling in their own conference, the AAC, to being in the conference championship game three years in a row, having one back-to-back conference championship games. And this year, going into the season, we knew there was that possibility. If they could win at Indiana and at Notre Dame, run the table in the American Athletic Conference, do so in quote-unquote style points fashion, and win the conference championship game have a lot of other things go their way, which they have had happen to them this season. That's why they're in the college football playoff. But this fan base, I think, is excited. There might be some relief because, you know, of the committee and how they viewed them last year in 2020. They were penalized in the rankings because they didn't have, they they didn't play many games. In fact, only one before the Peach Bowl after the initial playoff rankings were revealed. So I think that they're excited and relieved at the same time. But you can definitely sense that this fan base is just, they are fully embracing the Bearcats being in the college football playoff. But I want to say this too. I think Bearcats fans have to be a little appreciative of what Central Florida did um, four, four and three years ago. I think you have to be a little appreciative of all those other group of five teams that paved the way that, yes, a group of five team can compete in this, as you call it, Luke, an exclusive club of four teams in the college football playoff. I mean, only four teams are in. And you think about the Bearcats from, you know, college football almost irrelevancy just five years ago to now being one of the top 
four teams, four teams playing for a national championship. This fan base could not be more excited going into the Cotton Bowl in two weeks. Yeah, and I think that's a great point about Central Florida. And I think that, um, you know, I think Cincinnati did a great job by scheduling Notre Dame and playing them at their place. And even though Indiana didn't turn out to be what we thought they would be this year, I thought that was a good effort. The the one thing I would say, um, as not even an Alabama fan, just college football fan, I think Cincinnati also had Murray State on the schedule. And look, I know the SEC has some soup cans on their schedules as well. But I think when you're in, in Cincinnati's posture, it's always good to try, you know, go out and try and get a Purdue, just, you know, Mississippi State, anybody. It doesn't have to be Clemson. It doesn't have to be Ohio State. But I think that um, it's better to have guys like that just so you can always say, hey, we beat somebody in your own conference too. So it's it's hard to do that. So I, I, kudos to scheduling Notre Dame and, um, and, since, and Indiana as well because I thought that was kind of cool and a great point by you and UCF. Um, and secondly, just congratulations to you guys for being there. You're going to find this a lot of fun. I don't know if you're going to the game or not, but I've been to uh, every national championship Alabama's been in since 1992, and I have fun every single time. It, it is not boring. It is a ton of fun. The atmosphere is usually great. Even last year in COVID, I thought it was kind of fun because uh, I got to stretch out a little bit. But, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing some of you guys down there, and I hope you uh, you bring a lot of enthusiasm. Now, I want to talk about the game just a little bit before we run out of time. Uh, you guys have Jerome Ford, who I absolutely adore. I think he's awesome. Uh, I love him as a running back. I loved him at Alabama. He was sort of known as a big play guy when he was here, when he got his opportunities. Um, and obviously, he transferred and, you know, did what's best for him. And I'm I'm cool with that. And I'm glad he is having all this success with you guys. But uh, what do you think about Jerome Ford overall? I think he is the energy of this offense. You know, obviously this offense runs through Desmond Ritter, but to me, Jerome Ford is that energy bus of this offense. You know, he's he, he's only one play away from a big carry at any point in the game. You saw that in the Temple game with that 79-yard touchdown run to start the first, second half. You saw that against UCF uh, late in the first half. You know, he has come in and provided an, an instant jolt uh, and I'll even go back to the Peach Bowl back on January 1st with that 79-yard touchdown run to start the second half. He can break a he can break loose a big run at any moment in the game, and that's what makes this running game so potent. He comes in and replaces a guy like Michael Warren, who was you know I thought the energy of the offense in 2018 and 2019, and he is just you know he's he's come in, he's wasted no time. Last year you saw him breakout towards the end of the season and then this year he took over as the lead running back sometimes you know teams find a way to bottle him up at the line of scrimmage but he is so good and he gives that offense another dynamic weapon if Desmond Ritter is not able to run the football which he has struggled to at times this season you still have Jerome Ford and this offense you know you can I mean people can say that Desmond Ritter is their best player and I don't disagree with that but this offense ever since Luke Fickle has gotten here Luke it's always been about the running game, and that's what Jerome Ford does. He, if he is, if he's on the top of his game, this offense is tough to stop. Now, Luke, I want to turn the attention to you. I want to, I want to talk to you about um, John Mechie because a big storyline for Alabama is John Mechie's not going to play in the college football playoff. He tore his ACL in the SEC championship game against Georgia. So how big of an impact do you anticipate that having 
in this game in particular against Cincinnati, John Mechie not playing in this game? Um, I think it's a big deal. I really do. And um, I'm I'm known to be more of a nervous Nelly when it comes to Alabama, even in this run of dominance we've had. I, I just get concerned um, because everybody loves to say, well, Alabama just plugs in another five-star and here we go. But it doesn't really work that way. Uh, Alabama, John Mechie is very experienced, even at a time when we had Jerry Judy, uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Watt on the team. Some people thought John Mechie had the best hands on the squad. So th- that's going to be an issue to me unless one of these new freshmen can step up. And obviously we've had a few play uh, very well recently, the Auburn game, for instance, and um, maybe they can step up. But this is going to be a huge stage, and Cincinnati probably has the best duo of cornerbacks we've played all year. So I, I think that could be a thing. Um, and – you know, it's it's just everybody thinks this is going to be a runaway. I mean, I keep hearing that nationally, and I keep hearing that from Alabama fans, and I, I'm just – I'm not of that posture. I think Cincinnati's a good ball club. And um, the one thing that people can say, well, they haven't played as – you know, they haven't played as, through the SEC or whatever, and so they haven't been as battle-tested. That might be true. The other side of that coin is Cincinnati's more rested. <laughs> yeah, that's another way to look at it. Um so I, I think Alabama's got a lot more injury problems than, than people want to admit. Uh, the cornerbacks, the Josh Job and Jalen Armour Davis, uh, Job is definitely out. Uh, Jalen Armour Davis is probably out. Um, and then Mechie being out, uh, the running backs, we're down to two scholarship running backs. That's a problem. That's a big problem. And both of them have issues of their own. So, look, I, I love Bryce Young. He's going to end up being the best quarterback in Alabama history, won the Heisman, all that stuff's fantastic. But, man, when you're in the Final Four, when you're playing, uh, you know, one of the best four teams in the country, you've you got to have your best game, even when you're Alabama. And so I think that um, it's, it's, it could be an issue. Cincinnati is going to give us a dogfight. From your perspective, how does Cincinnati beat Alabama? What do the Bearcats have to do, Luke, in your opinion, to pull off the upset as 13-and-a-half-point underdogs in this game? Uh, the one piece of advice I would give Cincinnati – is um, don't it, it don't fall for Alabama's knockout punch. Alabama's going to try and take out Cincinnati early, and usually that works for the Tide. I mean, usually they come in and they throw some haymakers, and the other team gets down. They're like, "How are we supposed to come back from this bunch?" And if Cincinnati will just uh, play their game the entire time, I think they'll have an opportunity. Now, I mean, look, if these two teams play fifty times. I'm going to pick Alabama to win 40-something of them. I mean, it's it's Alabama's more talented. I don't mean that as an insult. I just – I think the NFL draft will play that out. The recruiting rankings play that out. But uh, Cincinnati just doesn't need to get intimidated. Uh, the, the one game that I – a couple of games I can refer to, Notre Dame in 2012. Uh, Notre Dame looked, uh, looked around and saw Alabama was bigger than them at every position, and they lost before we kicked off. Same thing with Michigan State in the playoffs in 2015. Same thing with um, – Oh, Notre Dame last year, it felt like, in the playoffs. So I, I think that Cincinnati, just don't get intimidated, play your game, and hang in there. And realize Alabama's got some injury issues, so if, if they're hanging around in the fourth quarter, anything could happen. What is that early knockout punch, Luke, that you're referring to that Alabama's going to try and throw at Cincinnati? I think Alabama's going to try and, like, the, the best word I know is intimidate Cincinnati early and, and uh, maybe go for a deep ball to Jamison Williams. And, and it may connect. 
But my point is, don't feel like you have to uh, match that immediately and quickly. It, it doesn't have to be that way. If Cincinnati will just play their game, I think they can be in this thing for a while. And also uh, try and use some ball control. Keep Alabama's defense on the field. Keep Alabama's off the field because Alabama's offense off the field. Because if you can keep the offense off the field and the new receivers that Alabama's going to have to depend on, if they can't get into the flow of the game very well, that could also play very well into your hands. And I, I, Luke, I think that's a great point you bring up there. If Alabama does try to take a deep shot early, sometimes in a game like this, I think what the Bearcats need to do is they just need to keep Alabama off the field. How do they do that? Well, like I mentioned, you use Jerome Ford. Even if Jerome Ford doesn't have that breakaway run of 79 whatever yards, you know, just continuing to run the football, pick up those three to four yards of play, move the chains hold the ball for, you know, six or seven minutes at a time. What the Bearcats do so well is they can score very quickly. They have a lot of quick scoring drives this season. But if they're able to hold on to the ball for long periods of time, that's going to wear down Alabama on the defensive line, I think. And if you're Cincinnati on offense, you can't – on defense, excuse me, you can't let Alabama, you know, just impose their will – on you. And I think you bring up some great points. I've watched Alabama in the playoff so many times and they just, like you said, before kickoff, they know they have the game won against Notre Dame in 2012, Michigan state in 2015. And, and I'm, I'm thinking about the teams that were able to go toe to toe with them. And the only team that's the only team that's really been able to do that is Clemson because they simply believed they could play with them. And sure enough, they beat them twice. So if Cincinnati, and I think we saw this last year in the, I don't know how much time we have left, but I'll, I'll just make this final point. In the Peach Bowl last year against Georgia, my thought process going in was, well, it's great that the Bearcats are there, but, you know, Georgia's, you know, bigger, they're more athletic, whatever. They're, they're just simply the better team. And no, Cincinnati held the lead for a majority of that second half. And I still to this day think they should have won. And, but what we took away from that game was in Cincinnati was we can play with any team in the country, including Georgia. Who's to say we can't play against that? excuse me, who's to say the Bearcats can play against Alabama. And I think you're right, Luke. This is going to be a much more competitive game than some might think. And I'm excited for for this opportunity for Cincinnati to play what I call the gold standard of modern college football in Alabama. Coming up, our national experts at BetQLU take over the conversation. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now for a national approach to the Cotton Bowl, national experts at BetQL, RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright of BetQLU, Break down the game from a national perspective. All right, RJ, it is time for the final playoff matchup, the final of the New Year's Six that we are previewing here on the Locked On Podcast Network. The number one team in the nation, the Alabama Crimson Tide, are taking on Cincinnati. couple of interesting notes that I saw in terms of point spreads. The outright winner has covered the spread 17 times in the college football era. The outright winner that didn't cover is uh, has happened four times. 
all four have been Alabama. Right now, the line is at 13 and a half. Tell me if I'm being too simplistic here. It seems very obvious to me. Alabama is laying 13 and a half to a G5 team. I think it's the best G5 team that we've seen in a long time. I think it's a complete football team. I'm also just thinking, just keep this simple. Like, they are not going to have the horses. And they're not playing Tulsa here. Cincinnati's not playing Tulsa at home. Like, I I don't know. Like, is that being too prisoner of the moment? Like, it seems very simple to me. I get Alabama less than two touchdowns or fewer than two touchdowns against an AAC team. Like, that seems very simple to me. It seems very simple. Uh, You have to ask yourself this one question because – Cincinnati went through a stretch this year where they were where they were not good, uh, and and I'm I'm seeing a lot of this in, in you know in, in DFW you know covering the Cowboys, and people are asking this question: Are the Cowboys sandbagging? They know they got the division wrapped up. Let's not give anything away. Let's save all of our cool plays for Aaron Rodgers. Um, you have to ask yourself: Was Cincinnati? actually game planning for Tulsa? It's a fair question. I think the answer is yes. Like, in the end, I think why Cincinnati's a little up and down. I don't think their defense is quite as good as it was last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they have a, uh, an outstanding offensive line, even by their standards. Like, I think, I think their offensive line was very pedestrian. And I think part of the reason why they struggled to blow teams out is because they couldn't bully them. Like, oftentimes, to blow teams out, you just got to be able to break their will. And I think if I want to make the case for Cincinnati, I don't know if it's necessary. Like, honestly, I kind of buy the Cowboys playing possum. I kind of buy that argument because they basically had the division locked up for a month, even though it wasn't official until yesterday. With Cincinnati, I think they knew they needed style points. Like the difference between the Cowboys and Cincinnati is at no point do the Cowboys really need style points. Like they just have to win. And they, you know, like to me, like Cincinnati had to make statements and oftentimes they weren't really able to do it. Now I like how they closed the season to me. The argument for Cincinnati down the stretch is less about them playing possum. It's more about, they got a really good secondary. And the reason like when you start thinking about the teams that played Alabama well and even surprisingly yeah. well, oftentimes what it was was teams with really good secondaries that did not let those guys just get free. Right. Versus what we saw with Georgia, which was Georgia just thought, hey, we're gonna line up, we're gonna do what we do, we're gonna get pressure, we're gonna bring pressure, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna impose our will. Well, they left those, they left their secondary guys on an island. Yeah. And they got burned and got burned often. I don't think that's going to happen with Cincinnati. But then on this like flip side of the argument, it's like you're giving Saban a month to I know he's got to replace John Mechie with the knee, but they signed the number one receiving class by a mile last year. And a lot of those guys like banks, they started coming on towards the end of the year. Now he's got a month to get them ready. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to root for the little guy, but at the same time, it's like, man, maybe like, yeah. is this too obvious? Like, there is an element of that. Uh, big time. Huge element of that. Um, 
there is a talent gap here that we probably haven't seen in a very long time in, in, in a final four type game. Honestly, uh, the, the, probably the last time we saw it was a game that you and I talked about a little bit earlier on, on the previews. It was probably Alabama, Michigan State in that Cotton Bowl. Yeah, right. I mean, I forgot about it. Was that Connor Cook? Was it Connor Cook or was it? Uh, was it? Uh, yeah, it was Connor Cook. It was Connor. Yeah, Cook. I mean, that, that's a big game. Yeah. That was a big talent gap. Uh, this is this is on the level of, you know, even that like with that Alabama Notre Dame game, that was just a destruction, um, you know, but that wasn't even a final four game. That was BCS still. So th- this maybe, is the- maybe Clemson Notre Dame, but I actually think yeah. that Clemson Notre Dame wasn't as wide also played in the Cotton Bowl wasn't as wide as the score made it seem. Notre Dame got two two DBs hurt like in consecutive plays, yeah. and then Clemson saw it, and they're like, it was like four touchdowns, like bam, 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 yeah, and then it was like over, yeah, just like over, explosive, like on explosive plays. It wasn't, oh, they just started methodically, just like putting right. it on. No, it was like they took advantage of a massive, massive like difference between starters and backups. Yeah, and I don't think like in the in the you know you might get to the fourth quarter. And Bama can bully around Cincinnati if the, if it's a two score game and Cincinnati's not moving and, and they might just give up right yeah um you know, so I, but I don't I don't see that happening for the start uh, the the issue with this game is, is is quite simply like you said you give Nick Saban a month to prepare for somebody it's it's difficult this is like uh, this was like Chris Peterson at Boise you know if you gave Chris Peterson like if you had him all off season get ready to play you. You know, get ready to go play Georgia in the in the uh, in Atlanta, uh, or get ready for Bob Stoops in Oklahoma. You gave him all month. You gave him all off season. He was going to find a way to do it. You could get him in November. Like you might be able to get him some random game uh, here or there. TCU could figure it out. But for the most part, it was no. And I, and I think it's the same thing with Saban now. And and if Nick Saban has a month to prepare for you, and 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 regardless, like I know, I know losing the wide receivers big. They're Alabama, man. Like they lose wide receivers in the draft every single year, and they don't skip a beat. Weirdly, ironically, I'm more concerned at this point in time about Alabama losing Robinson, the tailback, because they don't have, ironically, one of their tailbacks is Cincinnati's tailback. Like, so but yeah. like I don't think they have the depth there. When we talk about receiver, I'm less worried about that because I think they do have the depth there. Well, the thing with the, the thing with the running back too is, you know, you know the Alabama offensive line, like that's what's going to dictate how good the running game is for more often than not. And this might not be the greatest Alabama offensive line that we've seen. You know, it's still good. I mean, they still got a couple of guys that are going to be pros on it, but it's not at that level where they've got like, you know, four guys that are all going to be taken in the first 40 picks. So, you know, obviously, because, you know, running games are more dictated on how good the line is than how good the individual runner is, even at the high school level, even at the collegiate level. Now, sometimes you get a great running back and they're just best player of the field. You can't take them down. But at this level, yeah, it's, it's a lot about the offensive line. And if the Alabama offensive line's making holes, I mean, Alabama's got somebody out there who's strong and fast and who can find a hole. Like, they just do. They're Alabama. They've got somebody everywhere. And... You know, unlike the other game, uh, they've got an elite quarterback. They've got a guy who's going to be picked 
probably number one in the draft at some point or or top five in the draft at some point. And a lot of the other teams don't in, this, in, the, in the Final Four. Actually, none of the other teams do in the Final Four. Yeah, there. that's kind of also a thought that's in the back of my head, which is, hey, what's the one constant we have seen in the playoff era? It's the team that has the dude at quarterback usually finds their way, and they find their way pretty convincingly. I mean, we saw it with Lawrence's freshman year. We saw it with Burrow. We've seen it, uh, you know, honestly, uh you know, it took a while, but like in the end, what was the difference between Georgia and Alabama? It was Tua. You know, it was the second half. It was Jake Fromm who had quite a nice stat line from the New York football giants. Like you saw, like there is a difference between a guy, you know, that's a first round quarterback and a guy that goes five for 20 for 14 yards and a pick like in, in the NFL. Yeah. Like that is, that's kind of what we're seeing. And now I wonder if the gap is even bigger because I think the only NFL quarterback I'm looking at in this entire playoff plays for Alabama. That's it. You know, that, that really is it. And, and that, that to me is the end game. Uh, you know, every other time we've seen this, like the, the team with the better quarterback that day won. Deshaun. Just, right? Deshaun Watson, right? You know, he was just better. Uh, was it AJ? What? Uh, no, he beat uh, big play Jake Coker. Or, oh, I'm sorry. God, yes. Sorry, Jake Coker actually beat Deshaun. Then the next year, it was uh, it was first read, bail right, uh, throw it away, uh, Jalen Hurts, and yes, that's that right. Game that game made Saban go and get Tua that offseason because yeah. he realized, like, hey, in the end, like you got like he as much as Nick Saban loved Jalen Hurts as an individual, I think he realized the limitations. Yeah, which is funny because Jalen Hurts is not playing bad in the NFL right now. No, like he's at, he's figured some things out. Is it sustainable uh, how he's playing? <laughs> They're basically depends, running like single wing. Depends on how long he stays healthy. <laughs> it really depends on how long he stays healthy. Uh, but no, that, that, that's it. It's about the quarterback, man. And, and it always has been at, 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 at the NFL level and as at, at the college level, too. And as much as coaches wanted to refuse to admit that the quarterback was the most that was more important than their stupid, more important that are stupid kicking game and just playing for field goals. Uh, the, the coaches that figure that out are the ones that actually won. And the moment Nick Saban figured out, hey, kind of need a quarterback here, it's been over. Like, it has been over for everybody else for the most part. And Alabama just continues to rack up championships. And I think they're going to rack up another one here. Yeah, and then there is, though, I guess in the back of my mind, it's like, we spent all year talking about how vulnerable this Alabama yeah. team is and how gettable and how it doesn't feel like it feels like maybe it's the Alabama team. That's the citrus yeah. bowl, citrus bowl, Alabama. That, and then the next year's their year. And then now it feels like we're just all like, as soon as we saw what they did to Georgia, we're like, Oh yeah, Bama's still Bama. Bama's still here. Yeah. I mean, you, you see them put their quarterback at uh, to work now. Now here's the funny thing. You know, he was, he was not great against Auburn for 56 minutes. He wasn't. No. Nope. And then he made that. I mean, he, was, he was under 50% completion. Like, I'm sorry. Alabama people that were like, he was still great. Like, it was just a tough day. It's like, I'm sorry. If you don't complete half your passes, you had a bad day. Yeah, you had a bad day. And then, you know, he got, he had a great drive at the end and he got yep. hot. Yeah. Hot, hot overtime. So, like, you know, he, he could, he could start. I mean, he could have a bad day. There, he's not infallible. Okay. He's a young kid. Um, but he, he is, 
when he is on, there is no doubt who the best player on the field is. I, I am with you completely. If you're curious about more of the money splits, right now, 78% of tickets are on Alabama, 81% of the money. That is a 3% uh, pro advantage thus far. And then right now, pretty pretty even on the total at 58. BetQL shows the under 58 being a five-star bet. The under right now getting 52% of the money, the over getting 48%. Thus concludes the Locked On Podcast Network preview of the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. And that's everything you need to know about the Cotton Bowl. Thank you for tuning in to the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview. Tomorrow, we are previewing the Orange Bowl, the playoff matchup between Michigan and Georgia, right here on the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.